Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Publisher Brendan Slaughter joined, as always, by recruiting analyst Jared Hollis here for BeaversEdge.com. We're back with another podcast just a few days ahead of the February 2nd signing day. Uh, Oregon State going to be looking to put their finishing touches on the 2022 class. Again, welcoming you back into the Edge Podcast, as always, joined by my co-host, Jared Hollis. Jared, how have you been, my man? It's, uh, it's been a minute since we've done a podcast together. It has, man. We, we've been talking about it. There's not been too, too much newsy stuff going on. Um, so, you know, hard to hard to really get on here and talk about something for a decent period of time. But I'm, uh, I'm glad, definitely glad we're back and we've got some, some fun topics to talk about today. No doubt. And obviously we'll get into a whole host of topics. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, Champ Fleming's entering the transfer portal. The uh, wide receiver uh, going to be seeking a new home for his final season after being with the program uh, for since the 2017 season. We'll also touch on uh, Oregon State men's basketball who's taken on uh, the Oregon Ducks down in Matthew Nat Arena this weekend. We'll uh, touch base on the uh, women's basketball team coming off a, a loss to Washington State but uh, back playing against matchups with USC and UCLA this weekend. And then we'll also uh, go ahead and dive into baseball, if you can believe it, Jared. It's almost baseball season. And uh, Oregon State popping up on some preseason rankings as high as 11th uh, this last week. So some exciting times for Oregon State baseball, too. So we'll be sure to get into all of that. But I want to go ahead and start the pod by talking about some of the, or arguably the biggest rumor that's out there with Oregon State football right now. And that's um, that there's kind of a little bit of a, a rumor mill going, Jared, that the Beavers could show some interest in uh, uh, former Georgia quarterback JT Daniels, technically former USC quarterback as well. Uh, what do we know about this? And, uh, yeah, let's just kind of dive in and, uh, and see what we think. Yeah, uh, it's definitely definitely the, the swirl going around right now, the, co- the popular topic. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it's a tough call, man. First and foremost, recruiting is, is so unpredictable. Um, I often think back to, to Devin Williams. <laughs> if that situation doesn't show you how hectic recruiting can be, uh, then nothing will. But JT Daniels, uh, obviously, being a, being a West Coast guy, started out at USC, ended up down at Georgia, and now is back in the portal. It's going to be interesting. And uh, while I do feel like Oregon State could be a good fit, I'm not sure at this moment if I see it being a reality. Um, if, if I think I answered in the mailbag this morning. If if I were to bet on it, I would definitely say uh, that he would end up elsewhere. And you know, there's there's a few different reasons. You know, we see this we see this kind of story building up all the time. Super highly rated, highly recruited high school prospect plays for a school, transfers somewhere far from home, and then comes back home. Right? Think uh, think obviously. Let's go Tate Martell. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw one out there. Goes to Ohio State. He's a five-star quarterback. Goes to Ohio State. Transfers then to Miami and now back at UNLV where he's from in Las Vegas. Think of uh, Jacob Eason out of Washington. Goes down to Georgia. Plays for a little while. Transfers back to Washington for his final season. Now you kind of see a a similar story here with JT. Absolutely, Jared. I mean, case in point with a guy that's on Oregon State's roster right now, Tristan Jebby, a four-star coming out of high school in Calabasas, goes to Nebraska, doesn't work out there. He comes back, quote-unquote, home to the West Coast in Oregon State. Yep, yep. You see it all the time. I mean, it's, it just seems like whether it's getting homesick or, you know, just feeling like there's a better opportunity for you somewhere else, it seems like a lot of the time they'll end up back on the West Coast. Now, there's still enough hype, I think, around JT Daniels where he's got some pretty 
quote unquote big fish shooters such as Oklahoma, Notre Dame, schools like that. Um, cause you know, there's been some swirls, even like Cal or UCLA, yeah. I've seen some stuff about that and I wouldn't call either of those are big fish. I mean, I think, I think Oregon state's just as good, if not a better football team than them at the moment, but obviously that's home man, for him. Um, so I think there's at the, at the moment, I think there's more of a case for a lot of other schools than there is Oregon state at the time. Certainly a fun one to, uh, to think about though, would you say? Oh, without question. I mean, you know, obviously a, a really talented player in, in, in JT, despite, you know, uh, ultimately losing the job to Stetson Bennett this year at Georgia. Believe did believe they, they went back and forth early in the year or Daniels got hurt and Bennett came in. What was the what was their combination there, Jared? Do you recall? Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. I, I believe it played out like he started with the job, got yeah. hurt and then never got it back. And he's he's been injury prone throughout his whole career. And while that's certainly unfortunate. Yeah. It's just, it's just the reality of what's been his situation so far. So definitely. Another yeah, it's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on, you know, Jared, uh, just from, just from what we're able to know uh, on the surface level, you know, he's, he, he's a California guy coming from matter day, Santa Ana, that is like, you know, prime Jonathan Smith recruiting territory as far as like, you know, Southern California. And, you know, obviously I don't expect JT Daniels to go back to USC, um so you know that could potentially take off one of those options in california and as you mentioned there's there's a lot of suitors a lot of big time suitors but i don't know jared we've seen a little bit of kind of rumor kind of linking the beavers and daniels and maybe you know even maybe i'm sure oregon state would have interest if you know that uh situation was reciprocal but from what we're hearing there's just the tiniest little bit of a rumor with this and you know like you mentioned we we got asked this question in the mailbag today I don't think it's the likeliest thing, but again, I'm not going to say no because Oregon State has shown they can get guys out of the portal from SEC type situations before, Jared. Yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, I, I definitely, I know I made the point about having some 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 quote unquote bigger fish shooters, but you made a great point there. I mean, Oregon State's got a great track history so far of pulling some some real studs from the portal, so it, it wouldn't be surprising at all. Uh, for that reason, because I, I know they're capable of it. I just don't know if it's the best fit for either party at the moment. Yeah, without doubt. And we'll definitely uh, be uh, be locked into uh, to uh, Jaden Dan or excuse me, to um, um, the, the latest on that situation. Um, and, you know, more than anything, Jared, do you expect him to go to a big school? Like, I mean, to me, like, the way that he lost the job this year, you know, Daniel's obviously starting off the year as a starter and then, you know, watches his team go win a national championship. What do you think, if you just had to say to kind of put a point on this and wrap it up, what do you think he's necessarily looking for at this point? Since now he's technically a national champion, what is he looking for just to up his stock as much as he can going into trying to make a pro career or what are you going home? If you had to kind of speculate, what do you think? Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's the other thing. Usually in situations like this, again, you know, going back to, to the examples I had with Eason and and him and, and Tate Martell, they, they tend to go to a bit smaller school that can most likely guarantee them a starting job. Because at this point, you know, he really doesn't have a lot of tape to send off to these NFL scouts at all. So he's going to have to go to a place that's going to allow him to get yeah. some – some some rep I mean he's he's just got to get he's got to get film man otherwise you know I don't think I, I could see a, a program taking a shot on him at least not in the draft you know he may get some some free agent contracts but 
to answer your question, I think that would be the, the focus and will be the focus for him is finding a place. And, and you know, this may be a, a quote unquote bigger program, but I think he's going to try to find a place where he can, you know, hit the field quick and, uh, and you know, get some get some tape for those scouts. And, and I think Oregon State could be that place. But you have you have to ask yourself if you're Jonathan Smith, is it worth bringing in a guy who honestly is relatively unproven and risk your younger quarterbacks leaving? Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's certainly an important aspect uh, to consider, Jared. But let me ask you this: If he did, is JT Dan? If he did end up coming here, is JT would J, JT Daniels would be the best quarterback on the roster, right? Without I mean, question, you would have to assume so. You would have to assume so. And I mean, it's not like the, aside from chance, it's not like there's a ton of experience right in room right now. Um, so he's got that going for him, but it's hard to say if he'd be the most talented again, you know, it's just, it's hard to say with the, he just doesn't have the, the snaps. He doesn't have the right. rip, have film. So it's really hard to say. Yeah. But, and just, just kind of why we're on the point, Jared, are you kind of surprised that, um, and I guess not surprised, but just for me a little bit that all signs kind of point towards Tristan Jebbia coming back this next year. I would say I am a bit surprised by that. At least, I mean, at least now, as of recording, you know, this podcast and end of January, things can change. But I was a little surprised that Tristan Jebby is hanging around. That maybe leads me to believe that he will be healthy for this upcoming year. And that kind of would uh, change my view of like how the quarterback depth looked, say, after Vidlac uh, entered the transfer portal. Sure. I mean, it's, it's definitely an interesting situation in the quarterback room right now. And I think, I think fans, and the coaches may have a different mindset towards that position right now. My vibe that I got throughout the season was that Jonathan Smith had his guy in Chance Nolan, and he was gonna he was gonna support him and ride him until the wheels fall off, basically. Yeah. Uh, but the vibe that I get from you know talking to a lot of fans and hearing what they have to say is that they want an open competition once again. They don't want there to be a favorite going into to spring ball or going into summer workouts or even fall camp. They want somebody to win the job and there to be no favorites coming in. And, and that's completely understandable. Um, but I just don't, I don't know if that's the case. So it's interesting. Uh, I think Tristan, I mean, if he's betting on himself, more power to him. I hope he, I hope he goes out and crushes it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an exciting, uh, exciting aspect of spring football whenever that kicks off uh, for Oregon State. Not sure if it's going to be uh, in the month of March, month of April, split between the two, um, May, April into May. We'll see. It's it's all kind of been fluid based on what Jonathan Smith and his staff think is the best thing for the team that year. So make sure to keep it locked for all the latest uh, on uh, potential rumor mills, obviously with Daniels and, and uh, potential uh, uh, other happenings uh, on that front as well. Jared, the other thing we want to touch on real quick before we talk about uh, the news this week that Champ Fleming's entered the portal Let's talk about Anthony Perkins hired as the cornerbacks coach coming over from Colorado state. What does this mean, Jared? Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's an interesting hire, man. It's a, I, I think you and I were both super thrown off. By very, it. very. I mean, there's just no signs that there was going to be any sort of shift in that, at that position group. Um, so honestly, man, I don't have a lot to say about it. I'm curious to see where blue goes before I make any kind of comment. Um, but it's, it's definitely interesting. And yeah, I, th I think it's a good hire. I'm just curious of the reasoning why and what the plan is for coach blue after all. Yeah. I wonder, you know, right now my gut is telling me that the staff is set and 
Oregon State will have a secondary coach and a cornerbacks coach maybe um, because I, I, I don't necessarily see I, – I could see staff uh, roles maybe being shifted. Um, I think Blue has a reputation for being a pretty good recruiter, but case in point, Jared, this last year Oregon State finished either ninth or 10th in passing yards per game, right? There, that cornerback spot is an area that I think Jonathan Smith and Trent Bray and you know the staff kind of maybe a, a saw as an area for improvement. And I think by bringing in, you know, maybe a fresh set of eyes, I just think that can kind of, you know, maybe uplift everything, you know, when you get kind of tunnel vision, you're looking at everything one way and then you get a new fresh perspective. Uh, I, I like it. And like you said, we'll have to wait and see what happens with the staff. But my gut right now is that no, no other changes are going to be made. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think I think right now they've kind of got it where it's going to be. And uh, we'll, we'll see if we're wrong or right. But definitely an interesting hire, man. It, it, I remember you texting me saying uh, that it happened. And I was just like, wait, what? Yeah, you you're like, is Blue gone? I'm like, uh, no, nope, still still <laughs> on staff. And, you know, now it's on the staff page uh, with everyone else. So it's going to be interesting. I, I'm not sure how the Beavers will, will shake that out. But, again, more uh, that we'll find out uh, from Jonathan Smith uh, in the months to come for sure. Um, transitioning now to the last bit of breaking news that we wanted to go ahead and touch on in the podcast was Champ Fleming's announcing uh, that he's going to be entering the transfer portal for his final year of eligibility kind of clears up a, a little bit of a log jam that I thought at receiver with a lot of bodies, um, you know, and maybe not a couple guys getting more consistent time. Uh, I love champ. I'm not going to lie. One of my favorite, you know, players to watch the last couple of years as a guy who is kind of shorter myself, Jared, I always, uh, always enjoyed watching champ Fleming's play. Like he was six foot five, even though he was listed at, you know, five, 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 six, and, um, you know, he had a lot of really exciting moments in his career. He'll definitely be one of those guys that is missed from a teammate perspective and uh, definitely wish him all the best of luck. But in terms of Oregon State, I think it could turn out to be a little bit of a blessing. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, Champ's obviously a, a really good player and a good good uh, representation of this, this saying that it's, not the size of the dog, but the size of the yeah. fighting dog. So I, I agree. I think he's definitely going to be missed. Um, but we'll see what happens, man. I think it's going to give some younger guys a shot. And that's always super exciting to see what the, the new fresh legs can do. Um, I mean, there's some good guys from these last couple of classes that I think can, can stress, yeah. get, get behind secondaries. And we'll see We'll see how they're able to, to get in the mix this spring and fall. Yeah, just from some of the conversations we've seen on the damn board, you know, um, there were some some subscribers here on Beaver's Edge that were really excited that uh, Anthony Gould might get uh, some more uh, opportunity and run. We saw when the ball was in his hands, again, very, albeit briefly at times this year, he was electric with the ball, uh, could be more uh, opportunity for Zariah Beeson, Silas Bolden, maybe even an up-and-comer like Trevor Pope or Jimmy Valson too. So, I mean, Jared, despite the Beavers not taking a receiver in the 2022 class and all signs kind of point right now to them not taking one in the February period, maybe a preferred walk-on guy, um, but as far as scholarship guys go, you know, not taking anyone, I still like where the depth is in that room uh, with where it currently shakes out. Currently got 10 guys on scholarship there. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a, I think it's still a strong position, and we'll just have to see. I mean, a lot of people have been asking about this upcoming signing day and you know, yeah. what to expect there. 
Um, and just to kind of help us transition into that, it probably won't be a long conversation because there's just not much that looks like it's going to happen. I mean, yeah. there's been no new offers out. Uh, the portal is another thing. I mean, there's been some new offers out on the portal. But as you can see, I mean, all it takes is a quick stroll through the, the Twitter sphere to see that 99.9% of the offers going out right now are all to 2023 guys. Every visit made this past week from the staff was all to see 2023 and beyond guys. Um, so I just feel like I feel like that's where their focus has mainly shifted to. Obviously, there's some some things to do before um, before the February period. But I think for the most part, the, the tables have kind of turned and, and, you know, we're turning the page to 2023. Without question, you know, you just kind of look at where the Beaver scholarship numbers kind of land right now. And, and that makes sense. And, you know, I think, you know, as everyone had kind of been mentioning, real curious about this February signing day, I would expect it to be very similar to last year's February signing day, where the Beavers took almost all preferred walk-ons. It was a pretty, you know, uh, laid back day as far as, you know, no surprises or anything like that. And then I think where this team is going to be able to move the margins, Jared, is after spring football and before the start of summer. We saw that was when Keontae Shad came in. That was when Sam Neuer came in. That right there, that window between the end of spring and when, you know, you kind of get into the summer workouts, that's where I think Oregon State's, you know, kind of real sweet spot is going to be for being able to maybe add a receiver that we talked about, maybe add quarterback depth, maybe add another defensive lineman. Um, just because from what we've seen and, you know, the uh, the Rivals Transfer Portal has done a great job, their Twitter account of uh, putting out some statistics. There's a lot of guys that still left in the portal, Jared. More than we'll find homes this year. Oh, yeah, one, 100%. And that's one thing that I've been loving. The There's been a lot more coverage on the the portal in general and how the grass isn't always greener mm -hmm. if you even find new grass. A lot of these guys are finding dirt six feet under and their mm -hmm. football career is dying. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to see those numbers starting to come to light and I'm hoping that it'll slow a little bit of, of it down. I'm not one of the people that hates the transfer portal. I think it's good for the kids for the most part as long as it's not abused. Um, but I do think that there's something to be said for you know sticking it out and making the most of your opportunity when it does arise. Uh, that said, yes, there's going to be – there's probably going to be a lot more action as we get through spring ball and head into summer. I mean, most schools have started their their spring semesters by now, um, and we're, we're a pretty good bit off of the, their season being over. So a lot of the a lot of the guys that made the decisions or were planning on it have made it already. So I think it's definitely going to slow down until the end of spring when people find out where they're at. Uh, and then, you know, we'll see, we'll see an uptrend like you mentioned, uh, same happened last year. We'll see that happen again this year. Yeah, without question. And, and, and that's what I would say for, for those, for those uh, Oregon State fans that are kind of wanting to see some more additions, I would think that would be the avenue that we would see it, not necessarily um, with like young guys coming up. Uh, like I said, I think there'll be a handful of preferred walk-ons, but as you mentioned, I, I kind of agree with you that it seems like the Beavers are kind of turning their attention to 2023 and beyond, Jared. And just real quick to kind of, you know, talk on that briefly before we touch on um, Oregon State men's and women's basketball and baseball to close the pod. You've been doing some updates recently on some uh, 2023 guys. Uh, you obviously talked to 
commit Dorian Thomas not too long ago. Uh, talked to um, 2023 offensive lineman Landon Hatchett. You talked to just uh, right down the road from me here, uh, Wilsonville defensive lineman Tristan Davis. You talked to Sam Levitt. What's kind of been the uh, the message of 2023 so far and from what you've been able to gather from talking to some of those guys, is that where Oregon State's priority is right now? Yeah, I would, I would definitely say so. I mean, Braden Dorman's a great example of it, uh, especially as far as the quarterback race goes. There's no quarterback that's getting more attention from Oregon State than him right now. And he is not in the current class. He's not going to sign an NLI until nearly a year from now. So that tells me mostly all I need to know about the quarterback recruiting. Um, and I think that they've definitely mostly turned the page. But I'm, I'm hearing some good stuff. I think it's going to be a, a good cycle. I mean, uh, there's there's a lot of good players in 2023, and it seems like Oregon State's doing a good job getting in front of those guys early on. You mentioned Braden Dorman. I also want to touch on him as well. As uh, some news this week is he had kind of got uh, he got added uh, a new Cal offer uh, this week, and also not too long ago had uh, kind of started to be courted by Arizona and the talented recruiting staff they got going on down there. Jared, uh, we obviously talked about a mailbag question today about. Mike Leach getting into the discussion. Uh, let's let's kind of give our you know kind of where we're thinking right now because I, I you know from what we've heard, Braden is going to be looking to make his decision uh, in the month of February. Jared, it's heating up in a big way. What's your kind of pulse on this right now? I'd say that uh, let's just hope he doesn't push that decision date back. I think the earlier he commits, the better it is for Oregon State. Obviously, with with these new new schools jumping in, like you mentioned it. I mean, it surely has him thinking about some things. Um, and, you know, I, I thought the answer I gave in the mailbag was about as good of an answer as I could give it just in regards to some of these new coaches, particularly Mike, Mike Leach hopping in. There's going uh, to be some, some difficulty in landing him, but this is big boy recruiting, man. This is not, a, this is not you know, signing a, a small kid who, you know, the only other offer is from, from Nevada. It's, it's you're playing with the big dogs and these are the kind of things that you have to overcome if you want these players on your team and, and Oregon State's shown the ability to do that so far and uh, this will be another big scenario for them to, to win and another definitely definitely probably the strongest yet honestly case of them winning a, a big recruiting battle like that. Yeah, this is one that I'm circling. You know, I still feel like Oregon State uh, is kind of my, you know, just from what I've been able to gather and, you know, watching his recruitment, I still think Oregon State is probably right there near his top. But again, as we've seen and talked about on the board, Jared, Arizona is starting to identify some big time talent and bring in some big time talent down there to Tucson. Um, you know, Mike Leach has his, you know, obviously a, a credibility working with, uh, you know, quarterbacks in the past. So a lot to like, but with any luck, maybe this will be something where Oregon State getting to Dorman as early as they did. I mean, you talk about, Jared, that story you did uh, after he visited, clarify, was it the Stanford game he came and visited uh, Corvallis or was it the Arizona State game? I, I think it was if it was a game, it was Arizona State. Okay, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember he came up to Corvallis and you talked to him after one of those visits, and that's when he had called Oregon State his best visit to that point. And that really stood out to me. Yeah, I mean it's definitely uh it's definitely a good compliment. Um, but as you mentioned, there's some uh, there's some big big schools joining the picture and you know, they're gonna have to 
convince him that, that Oregon State is the place for him to be between now and hopefully, again, February. Hopefully that doesn't get, get pushed back. So we'll see what happens. Next few weeks will be, uh, will be critical. No doubt. There's uh, obviously going to be a, a huge, huge um, interest in Braden Dorman's uh, recruiting battle. And again, I think the Beavers are right there in the mix. They're going to be very exciting to see how that shakes out. Uh, just to kind of start to wrap up the pod, let's go ahead and transition over and talk about hoops and then baseball uh, to put a nice bow tie on today's podcast. The Oregon State men's basketball team will be taking on the Oregon Ducks down in Matthew Knight Arena on Saturday night, ESPN2, uh, for this matchup. Beavers head into the contest 3-14 and 14 on the year and 1-6 and six in conference. It's been a rough go of it so far, but, you know, Oregon State's been a lot more competitive, I would say, in, in recent weeks, and, you know, maybe they were – uh, a couple months ago, uh, it's just kind of been one of those seasons, Jared, where it's been a step forward and three steps back. And you're kind of just going to be playing um, catch up from here out and um, not to be too doom and gloom, but they're kind of at the point where they're probably going to have to win the Pac-12 tournament again. Yeah, it's it's shaping up that way. Um, and You know, anything can happen. But as you mentioned, it's been it's been a rough go so far. Hopefully things will will you know, pick up the way they did this time last year. But somebody's going to have to step up and become that playmaker. And uh, it's just going to be a matter of if and, and who can do that. Yeah, Oregon State's got 11 regular scheduled games. So even if they were to win out, which uh, is quite um, quite the uh, the task, they would still only be 14 and 14 on the year. So a really tough kind of start to the season, that non-conference streak, you know, where they lost, I believe, eight or nine in a row just it's really hard to overcome that Jared despite however well you might be playing at the end of the year that's that's just that's tough to kind of dig out of that big of a hole yeah yeah I mean you gotta you gotta strike fire and you gotta just run with it and it it definitely hurts the confidence when you have a a streak like that and they've been able to, to recover a little bit but it's gonna it's gonna like you said it's gonna take a lot yeah to really actually turn this thing around this year uh, on the flip side, over with uh, Scott Ruick's squad, uh, not quite as doom and gloom, actually looking a lot better as the Beavers uh, currently sit 9-5. and five. They're 2-2 two and two in Pac-12. They've missed some games due to, you know, COVID pauses and this and this and that and haven't quite been able to play two games in a week, I don't think, in several weeks uh, maybe even close to a month now. So something, you know, just the consistency for playing for them. But uh, as you saw at Beaver's Edge this week, if you haven't, go ahead and check it out. Uh, Oregon State is currently projected to be a postseason team uh, in the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament as of now. The Beavers have uh, just a handful of uh, regular scheduled games. Let's see, two, four, six, eight, ten games left on the uh, regular season schedule before the Pac-12 tournament, obviously. Uh, just like each and every year, obviously, Oregon State coming off a loss, midweek loss to Washington State this week. I'm still very confident in Scott Ruick and his group. They make the tournament, you know, each and every year and always seem to be very competitive in getting there. So I, I, I expect they're going to be able to up their seating position uh, here in the next couple weeks. But just to kind of uh, close out the podcast, Jared, baseball season is almost upon us, man. And I'm not going to lie. I, I'm excited for, uh, for the Beavers this year. They uh, have popped up on a couple preseason uh, um, uh, poll watches. Uh, D1 Baseball had them at 18. Baseball America uh, had them at number 11. Uh, a couple different prognosticators have them potentially winning the Pac-12 conference. 
obviously Jared, since the national championship winning season in 2018, it's been, you know, a bit of a, a decline, you know, as far as, you know, uh, since Pat Casey left and moving over to Mitch Canham and, you know, getting into this new era of Oregon state baseball, but things are, are, are primed and looking like uh, they should be able to kind of get back to being a, a strong postseason contender this year. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited for it as well. As you mentioned, they're, they are getting some, uh, some preseason hype and, and baseball for me always signifies that warmer weather is yeah. way. So, so even though I, I could still use some cold, I'm excited that, uh, that the baseball season is coming around. It's always fun to, to get out to some games and, eat hot dogs and all that. Oh, yeah. No, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, as far as, like, things that I enjoyed when I was, you know, a student down at Oregon State, going to baseball games was pretty fun, you know, just with friends and being able to enjoy nice weather and all those things. But uh, Oregon State going to be kicking off the season February 18th uh, down at the Sanderson Ford College Baseball Classic, starting in Surprise, Arizona, where the Beavers seem to start every year. They got uh, a four-game series two games against New Mexico and two games against Gonzaga. Jared, one thing I wanted to ask you just real quickly, just from where you live and your experience, this is the first year that the Pac-12 is going to have a baseball tournament uh, coming out of, you know, regular season conference play into the postseason. I know that's a really common thing down in like the, with the SEC. Obviously, SEC baseball is huge. Um, I'm not going to lie. Being able to spend – uh, Wednesday through Sunday down in Scottsdale, Arizona, end of May to watch some Pac-12 baseball. Uh, that, that's a pretty good gig. I agree. I think that sounds like a heck of a time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like the Pac-12, like there's the Pac-12 had never had a tournament prior to this year. So they obviously are kicking that off this year. Uh, Going to be playing it down at one of the MLB uh, spring training stadiums. So lots of excitement there and lots of excitement kind of getting back into this baseball uh, season. I know we got a lot of Oregon state baseball fans uh, at beaversedge.com. So we'll make sure to uh, keep you guys fully apprised of everything that's going on with the Beavers on the diamond. So that'll go ahead and wrap up this edition of the edge podcast. Uh, we'll be back uh, when uh, we've got some more uh, Oregon state news to talk about. We might be uh, back next week, depending on how the signing day goes. And as uh, we get kind of more news with, basketball and football and when spring football is going to get started but more than anything jared you and i hadn't gotten a chance to podcast in a while and uh feels good to kind of uh, clear the deck and uh reset and uh, kind of get ready for um heading into february always does man always does so thanks everybody for listening hope everybody has had a great new year so far Absolutely. So again, for, for Jared Hallis, uh, this is Brendan Slaughter signing off on this edition of the podcast. Big thanks to everyone for listening. As Jared mentioned, we also want to highly encourage everyone to head on over to beaversedge.com. You can join the beaversedge.com family. Uh, we got a free 30-day promo link uh, on our front page, so make sure to go ahead and check that out to get access to the damn board, premium recruiting coverage, premium analysis, you don't want to uh, be anywhere else for Oregon State coverage. So, again, for Jared Hallis, this is Brendan Slaughter signing off on this edition of the Edge Podcast.